0: book of Job chapter 19 please and we're going to read from verse 25 Job 19 verse 25 for I know that my redeemer liveth and that he shall stand in the latter day upon the earth and though after my skin worms destroy this body Yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for so many you've brought out again this evening. And for those who cannot be with us for one reason or another, we pray you strengthen them, that you bless them, that you help them, and encourage them. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we're gathered together under this roof and under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ through the blood that he shed for us. And we thank you, Lord, that our hearts are ready to receive your word, to worship you, and to lift you up, Lord, that you might be glorified. So, Father, take your word, and if there's one or some here tonight that's not saved They've never given their lives over to Christ, nor repented of their sins, been washed in the blood by faith. We pray tonight, Lord, you would speak to hearts, and Lord, that you would deem it fit to save precious souls this evening. So, Father, we help you, help us to be settled in our hearts and in our minds, and Lord, we ask you that you would have the preeminence as it's already been prayed. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight's title is A Great Security in a Time of Uncertainty. A Great Security in a Time of Uncertainty. You know, I think every one of us could say this evening that we know that we're living in a time of uncertainty. An uncertainty in every angle, in every direction whether it's nationally in our own land or whether it's internationally around the world. Many people are concerned or worried or frightened. Many people are simply at wit's end corner because they do not know what to do. So they're in turmoil. Their fear causes them to be afraid to interact, not only in society, but even at home, to shut themselves in to their own home. Excuse me. You just can't see over there. You can't. You were hoping I would move that, weren't you? And so people need a great security in their time of uncertainty. Just look at our news. Just look what you read if you read the papers. I don't read the papers, but if you do. In social media, everywhere is doom and gloom and fear and everything will pull the heart of the man and the woman down. There is an instability in our land among our own government, an instability in Northern Ireland, in the Republic of Ireland, and over in Great Britain. There's instability across Europe, instability in the United States, and Canada, Australia. We could go on and around the rest of the world. But there's something about the book of Job that we all turn to when we realize we're in trouble. Remember one time I told an older man in the faith years ago, I said, you know, recently... I'm reading the book of Job and I thought he was going to say it's a great book but he turned to me and he says why are you depressed? Actually I read the book of Job that when I am depressed the book of Job gives me hope the book of Job gives me satisfaction in Christ the book of Job is something to encourage the spirit To see what this man went through. Speak about the instability of a world, of our life, of our nation, of our homes. Martin Luther, the great reformer, regarded the book of Job saying this. That the book of Job was more magnificent and sublime than any other book of scripture. I don't know if I'll agree with him on that. But it has a real importance. And many people neglect this wonderful book. So there are questions asked in the book of Job and answers are given to many things that people don't realize are in it. For example, why do the righteous suffer? And we find at the end of the book of Job the question is answered because it's in the sanctification of the saints of God. In other words, we go through things And it sanctifies our lives. It builds us up when we keep on trusting in the Lord. I know there's different things in our lives. There's different struggles in our lives. I know I understand all of that. But brothers and sisters, who would like to be in an instability like Job? An insecure world like Job? We're going to look at it for a few moments before we go on any further. This book lifts, first of all, the veil and shows us the spiritual world. It lifts the veil and shows us the spiritual world. For example, in Job chapter 1, if you would like to turn with me, it says in verse 6 of the same chapter, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man and an upright man, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side, and has blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself. Put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of of the Lord. Here the book of Job lifts off the cover, the veil and shows us there's a spiritual world and it is alongside our physical world. There's a spiritual world, friend, and it's alongside your life and my life. In your world and my world. Your family and my family in your district where you live, and in mine. There is a spiritual world. There is a devil, and there are demonic beings, demonic angels, if you want. And they are manipulating men, manipulating women, manipulating hearts, manipulating circumstances and situations. I love it the way the Lord says, you... And take all that he has. But don't you dare. Put your hand on him. Child of God tonight. Satan may tempt us to despair. And Satan may come against you. And Satan may try to hold you back. And keep you down. He may even strip you of many things. But one thing he cannot do. He cannot cross the bloodline. For when Almighty God says, You can go thus far and no further, those who are under the blood of Christ are saved, are safe, and they are secured and sealed under the day of redemption. And your father says, Thus far and no further. Can I ask you, friend, a question tonight? Are you under the blood? Are you under the blood? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you trusting in the blood of Christ? What a great security in a time of instability. No matter what goes on in our lives, who wants to have a trial like Job? I don't. I've had my own trials and many of them and some of them very difficult and I'm sure you have too. But who would like to have a trial like Job? In Luke chapter 22, the Lord said, unto Simon Peter. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have thee, that he may sift thee as wheat, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Listen to what he said. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have thee. If you look that up in the original text, it says Satan has only obtained to try you Because he has asked favor of your father. The devil cannot do anything to you unless your father allows it. Do you hear that Christian? Oh he may try and annoy you and to worry you but he can only go thus far and no further. Your father in heaven has him on a tight leash and a rein. Your father and my heavenly father is still on the throne, no matter what he's doing with the elitists of the world, no matter what he's playing them with and what he's causing them to do to us, as blood-washed, as blood-bought, born-again children of God, you and I are covered in the blood and your father is your protection. He is your great security. In a time of your instability. Can I ask you friend. Who are you trusting in. In your time of your instability. Who are you trusting in. In the time of your instability. What are you trusting in. In the time. Of your. Instability. Notice here. The Lord said. Thus far. I know further. But I love Luke 22 when the Lord says, but I have prayed for thee. But I have prayed for thee. This is the way the text reads in the original text. He's looking at Simon Peter. It's like I'm looking at David. And he goes, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan have desired to have you all. But he's obtained you just by asking. And I've prayed for you that your faith fails not. Isn't it good to know that we have a a man in the glory? Isn't it good to know we have a great high priest? Isn't it good to know that Christ stands there and he pleads our case and he pleads our cause and there he shows his wounds and he spreads his hands? Isn't it good to know that when we're failing, Christ is winning? Isn't it good to know that he is always prevailing on our behalf? That when you and I are failing on every account, yet Christ is praying that our faith may fail not. Look, our strength might fail. Our courage might fail. We're all human. Your strength and your courage and mine at times might fail. But he's praying that our faith fail not And when thou art converted. Now Simon Peter was converted to Christ. That means when you've come through your trial Peter. When you've come through when the enemy. When the devil does his worst. And he tries his best. When you come through it. He says then look. And strengthen those that are coming behind you. Tell them there's a man in the glory. Tell them there's the blood of the lamb. Tell them there's a one time once for all sacrifice. On Calvary's tree, tell them that if they're under the blood, the devil can come thus far and no further. Brothers and sisters, are you glad you're saved tonight? I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm Christ's. I was thinking about it this afternoon. Sometimes you try and get the head down for 10 or 15 minutes, don't you? You get a wee sleep after your dinner. Well, I couldn't and I get up and I was in my head and I just says, Lord, I love you. I love you because you first loved me. And I started just praying and I said, Father, I don't at this moment understand how a man like me might be entrusted to open up the sacred scriptures and to preach your word to the people. Don't get it, Lord. I don't understand it. But this I know, that I'm glad that I'm saved. I'm glad that I'm born again. I'm glad that I'm washed in the blood, and in that I rejoice. Rejoice and be glad, O oh Christian, because you belong to Christ. You're Christ tonight. You are Christ tonight. Can you hear yourself say it in your own ear? I'm Christ. Oh brother, can you hear yourself, sister? I belong to Christ. I sure would know all of that. No, listen to yourself because you don't need this great security in a time of your instability. I belong to Christ. I belong to Christ. There's been people that are in hospital wards thinking they're going to go out from this scene of time and pass into eternity. And they've said, they've just went, I belong to Christ. I belong to Christ in their sickbed. I belong to Christ. And many the Lord has raised up again. Brothers and sisters, rejoice and be glad that you belong to Christ. And so, there are things like the veil of the spirit world are lifted off, and we can see that spirit world in the book of Job. Let me throw the thing then into chapter 2 of Job. Into chapter 2. And in chapter 2, you see, in chapter 1, he loses everything. His cattle, his servants. He loses his sheep and his goats and his camels. And the enemy comes in from other peoples and places and takes them on him. And then the, the devil blows his house down. But then he losses his children. Now that's one I can't I find it hard to get my head round. That's one I never want to ever touch nor taste. And in the second chapter, the old devil goes back to God again. Notice what he says. Let your eye run down. To verse 7. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his head unto his crown. And he took him a pot to scrape himself with oil, and he sat down among the ashes. He said, to, then said his wife unto him, dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall not we receive evil? In all this, Job, did not Job sin with his lips? So in chapter two, Job then loses his health. God allows him to go a bit further. Now, in our day, we'll say, Ha, huh, let me tell you something. Job must have been a bad boy. Well, God called him perfect. The word perfect isn't in the sense where Christ is perfect and those in Christ are perfected. It's the idea that they he, he done right. He walked before the Lord to the best of his ability. He had altars and he sacrificed. He eschewed evil means he shunned the evil of the world. Try to walk before God. And now this man is sitting in dust and ashes with a broken piece of pottery and he's scraping his arm to try and relieve himself of the itch and the pain. Can you imagine the the ice and the dirt and the dust? Can you imagine it with the the sweat maybe of the sun? Can you imagine it with it all starting to mingle together and the blood, maybe even pus coming out and he's trying to scrape it off. He's all over, he's going mad with it. Today, they say, Oh, he must be out of favor with God. I can tell you something, brothers and sisters. This man was in favor with God. People say to you, Oh, well, maybe you've done something wrong. You're the biggest, baddest sinner there ever was because you haven't been well. Listen, that's not right. Many of God's servants died for the faith, were burnt at the stake. Many of them have suffered took diseases on missionary trip and died in foreign fields. Let me say this, brothers and sisters, to try to encourage you. God knew. Job may not know God knew what was in Job's heart. And you might think sometimes the things you go through I can't take this anymore. I've been there and I understand what you mean. I'm not trying to belittle those things, but I can tell you something. God knows what you can go through. You know why? Because when you're alone in Him, you have the strength of heaven behind you. Who's ever sat in their house, pulled the blinds, And turned off the lights. Made sure all the doors were locked and shut with you in the house. And sat in the corner of the room in a chair with her head in her hands. I have. I have. I have. I went through a season of losing my whole family. Short period of time. They all died but my brother. All of them left. One after the other. Two in the one week. And at one point I'm sitting. And I'm out preaching to the people to encourage them. And I get home. And this is the truth Alison will tell you. I get home and I used to close the doors and pull the blinds, turn out the lights. Make sure the doors are all locked in case someone tried to handle. And I sat in the corner of the room in case somebody wrapped the door. I, well, I can't take any more of this. And in prayer God says, yes you can son. Because I'm with you. And maybe that's a word for somebody tonight and you're saying, I can't do this anymore. You're at wit's end corner. I can't do this anymore. Yes you can. If you trust in the Lord, you can. Because he is with you. You know, I have my notes for tonight, look. And I got these thoughts. That's what I was writing down when you see me trying to jot down a few things because it came into my mind. I feel it's for someone tonight who's come in here. I want you to know that you need to stop fearing. Stop being afraid of everything. Stop being afraid of what the devil whispers in your bed at night in your ear. You know, when he comes to you and he tells you, Oh, you'll probably be dying in the middle of the night. Sure, if you're saved, you'll be with the Lord. You know, when he comes in the middle of the night and he says, You're never going to do, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and Do you know all of those things that he attacks you in the middle of the night and your mind is going mad with it? Brothers and sisters, your heavenly father says to him, they're mine. They're under the blood. They're under the blood. They're bought by my son, bought with his precious blood. He's mine, he's mine, and she's mine, and she's mine, and he's mine, and she's mine. You're, and you, and you, and you. You go along. Whoever knows Christ, Derek, you're his. Here we'll find. Job has lost everything he had. Everyone he had but his wife. And the encouragement he gets at home (laughs) is woeful. Absolutely woeful. His wife says in verse 9, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. I understand his wife's hurt. Don't get me wrong. I understand his wife's grieving. I understand she's going through what he's going through. But then she says, Job, curse God and die. Why is all this happening if there's a God? Many people have heard that in their life. Many of us have heard it. Many ungodly have said to us, "I where's God when this happened? And where's God when that happened? And where's God when the other thing happened in our land? Where's God when there was an earthquake and there's a flood and there's a fire? There's an explosion and there's wicked men. Where was God? God was where we told him to be. Outside the camp. Outside the house. Outside the nation. But he never relinquished his power and authority once. Brothers and sisters. We need, we need to start teaching Christians to start to stand on their feet and stop lying under their duvet and hiding. Stop being sissies, brother. There's too many Christian men in their big girls' blouses. Come on, be the priest of the home. Be the the godly priest and the man of the house. I don't mean a boss and your wife and being bad or talking about in godly leadership. No well, thing is. Brother, see when you do that, see according to the scriptures, your wife will respect you if she's a godly woman. Notice this. His wife says, curse God and die. And I love his reply, but he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women. (laughs) Where's your stability, Mrs? Mrs. Job, where's your stability now? You can curse God all you want, Mrs. Job. You can curse God all you want, sister, brother. But you can curse God all you want. But it doesn't change who he is. It doesn't change your eternal destiny. It doesn't change that the Christ rejectors will be in a lake of fire. It doesn't change one iota. We need a great security in a time of instability. Where is your great security? I can imagine Job saying, I would say it. Christ is all I have today. Brother, Christ is all I have. I've been without. I've been in the place when I've had nothing. I've been registered homeless twice. I've walked about with a bin bag under my arm with a few clothes in it staying from house to house where I can find somewhere to sleep. I've been there. I know. I spoke this morning where Christ rescued me from, delivered me out of. I know what it's like to be in the grip of alcohol and drugs. I've been there up to my head and above, drowning in it. And I had no stability. I had nothing, no great security. But when I have a life of instability now, when Ken's life becomes unstable at times and things start going wrong around him, here's what I do. I go to my great security (laughs) I get kneel in prayer and I say, Father, you're the one who holds everything in place. And even as we have been, even as we have been studying the last six or seven weeks on the absolute sovereignty of God in the mornings, I rest, I rest my head on the pillow of God's sovereignty. What a great security in a time of instability. Job says, you're speaking like a foolish woman. What shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall, not, shall we not receive evil? And this did not Job sin with his lips. Here's another thing happened to Job while I'm here. His three friends came. Who's ever heard of the saying, Job's comforters? A whole lot of his Job's comforters, they didn't comfort him at all. They were the worst. So he's lost everything. His life is unstable. He's lost his children even. The worst that could happen to a parent. He's lost his goods. He's lost his prestige even. Here he loses even his own integrity before his friends. You see, Bildad comes. And Zophar comes. Elihu comes. And what they say to him, you must have been some bad boy, Joe. You must have done something wrong to have a life like this. What, why is God punishing you? And they, through the book, start to tell him what they think and they start to condemn him, bringing up his past. How many people would love to bring up your past? Bring up the worst of you. Bring up the seedy side. Bring up a past person, a past man, a past woman. You know what they do? They come and they say, oh, your past. Let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about her. Do you know about her, this about her? Do you know that about him? And they love to dig up your past. But I can tell you, brothers and sisters, if a Christian comes to dig up your past, there's something wrong with their experience of grace. Something wrong with their experience of grace. You know why? Because when you were saved and washed in the blood, God washed it all away. And he's forgiven you of all of your sin. It is finished, he cried. And I believe him. Do you believe him? I believe him. Friend, are you saved tonight? Are you washed in the blood? Is your sins washed away? so they come, ah, that Joe boy. Some friends, aren't they? Some friends. And you'll find you'll have friends in the world. And you'll be like the prodigal son at the pig pen one day because you've spent everything on your friend. And they've let you down when you've had nothing. It happens in ministry too. Happens in life. People who be your best of friends, and you you plow your time into them, your energy into them, you 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 you're there for them, and you're praying with them, and you're praying for them, and and you're really giving yourself your heart to them, and. You're there in the bad times and in the hard times and the dark times and you're maybe at the hospitals visiting them or you're there in the joyful times with them and you're there spending your life with them and suddenly whenever maybe you're going a bit wrong they start to go, oh, hold on a minute, let's just backtrack from him or her. That's the hardest of hearts, isn't it? Sure, didn't Christ have it? Doesn't the psalmist speak about it? Oh, my own familiar friend with whom I did eat bread with. Listen, friend, don't think these spirits are not working on people. Because here's what they do around the dinner table, for example, there'd be more knives in the pastor's back on a Sunday afternoon the there and on the table are cutting the dinner up as they sit around it. Not only me, but others. Oh, Judas Iscariot was off the same milk. And these friends come, Job's comforters. We've got to laugh at these men. No comfort from them. But what he had was a great security in a time of instability. Notice what he says here in our reading. Job 19. Job 19. He says in verse 25, For I know, for I know, he says, that my Redeemer liveth. That's Job's great security in the time of his instability. It wasn't even his wife. And maybe you're blessed with a, a good wife, a godly wife, like I am, by the way. Maybe you're blessed with that. The joke wasn't. And maybe your trials have been hard and they have been heavy. They've been dark and they've been difficult. And now you feel that all is lost and the instability around you is getting greater, not only even in church life, not only in your walk with the Lord, but even in your work life outside and secular world, we look at it all. And it's as if the world's crumbling down around us and it's spinning out of control. Brothers and sisters, let me reassure you. And according to my great security in the time of my instability of my life and the life that is out there. I said it this morning. I'm going to say it again. The world isn't going out of control. The world is falling into place because God has said it and he's bringing it to the final end. That's what's happening. It's not the devil. It's not Satan. He's not omnipotent. He hasn't all the power. Our father is almighty God and he rules the heavens and the earth. He is the omnipotent one. There's no omnipotent devil. I was talking to David this morning and it resonated a story with me. Talking about he was out in the streets last night and he was witnessing, and, he, and some of them were with him. I think some of the boys there. And they were talking to a woman and she was a witch. When they started mentioning the blood, she started getting mad. What would you hear this? I remember I was in a certain Pentecostal church. And they called a prayer line, and the pastor was down that end. There's so many of them come up, and I was just saying We're just praying for people this woman's eyes went jet black in front of me. She started growling at me. And I says, you have another spirit, haven't you? You're not saved and you don't know Christ. And she started showing her teeth at me. This is in the middle of a a church service. You don't have to go out there. Is that right, David? There's many out there. This is among here. Not in this place, another place. And I said to her, Have you ever heard of the blood of Christ? And she went mad. She went like a wild cat at me in the middle of a service when people were standing singing. Brothers and sisters, you see, you and I need to be on our guard. We need to discern that not everybody who says they profess Christ possess Christ. And God is sifting out. Do you hear me? Through this time, God is sifting out the wheat from the chaff. Now if you're not saved, do you make sure you're saved tonight before you leave here? What if this is your final evening? What if this is your last moments and you're not right with God? What if you died in a state that you were far away from God in heart and how would you stand before him? What if you're not saved and you left here and it was your last night? And what if the old devil, the old enemy is whispering in the ear and what if his underworld spirits is whispering in the ear. Don't you listen to that man because that man won't tell you the truth. You're all right the way you are and maybe you can come back next week. Stay away from that man and don't listen about him telling you about the blood. It means nothing. Well, that devil is a liar. And you could walk out of here tonight the last time you hear the word of God and the voice of the Spirit. Maybe you're not going on with God well. Maybe you're saying and showing up at church. This is for someone, right? You're honoring God with your lips and your heart's far from him. You're honoring God with your lips, but your heart's far from Him. Job's great security in the time of his uncertainty was this I know that my Redeemer liveth. I can tell you, friend, I have no doubt. That my redeemer is alive. I'm in no doubt whatsoever that my redeemer liveth. I know it. Notice here. Job says I know. And the word I know gives the idea to ascertain by seeing. Do you know what Job was saying? Something in him it was. It was The Spirit of God was telling him, showing him the things of God. The the world that is to come. Everybody's talking about a new world order. I've talked about it. Listen, there is a new world order coming. It's when Christ comes. And He's going to destroy it all. And Job is able to see beyond That moment in time, and through his doubting, in his place of instability, Job was able to see past it all. How did you, Job, with all that you've lost? How did you, Job, if you lost everything? How did you see? By the help of the Spirit. God, he says, is alive. And I will be with him. And Job valued Here's a word for many Christians today. Job valued what was ahead of him in glory more than that which he had lost in this time. But many Christians value so much of the kingdom that they build now rather than looking for what is to come in glory. Many people are so caught up with what they have or haven't got now and rather than looking for what there is in glory. I know that my Redeemer liveth, he says. In other words, it means to ascertain by seeing and to understand what he saw. And yet he was before the cross. How much more, brethren, how much more, sisters, post-cross, with the outpouring of the Spirit of God, how much more should we know and see and understand with the full scriptures, canon, in our hands? How much more should we know? Notice here. Listen to what Job says in Job 14 and in verse 10. He says, A man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? Brothers and sisters, man will die and wastes in the ground. This man, Job's about four thousand years ago. Job's body is probably in minute particles by now. Where are you, Job? Where are you, Job? Martin Luther died 500 years ago. His body's in the ground. There's probably a wriggle of bones. If that. Where are you, Martin? Joe Mycliffe, the morning star of the Reformation, translating the word of God, he was brutally murdered and he buried his body in something like I think it was my memory serves me 40 years later the papacy had him dug up again they crushed what was left of him the powder and they threw that which was left of him on the, in the river Swift and it floats down the river Swift and into the oceans and the seas of the world then on into the great blue yonder where are where are you Joe Wycliffe Job says this will happen to me but at the latter day I will stand in my flesh with my lord that's what he's saying how will that happen Job I don't know How do you know that, Job? Because he's telling me. It's the resurrection and the glorification of the body. So, where are you, Job? He says, I'm with my Lord, which is far better. Where would you be? Where would you be? must come to a close job's great security in his time of instability he says for I know that my redeemer liveth notice I know that my redeemer, my redeemer, personal, personalized, I know him. He's mine. He's mine. He's my redeemer. What David says, the Lord is, what does he say? What is it? My shepherd. He's all whispering. The Lord is my. Come on, shut it out. The Lord is my. The Lord is my Shepherd. He says, he's mine. I know him, and he is mine. And the hymn writer said, Dear Savior, thou art mine. How sweet the thought to me. Let me repeat thy name and lift my heart to thee. Oh, friends. Can you say he's mine?
1: Mine, mine, mine. I know thou art mine. Savior, dear Savior, I know thou art mine. Thou art the sinner's friend. So I thy friendship claim a sinner. Bless him. Isn't he lovely? When thy sweet message came, mine, 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 I know thou art mine. Savior, your Dear Savior, I know Thou art my, what about this verse? My hardened heart was touched Thy pardoning voice I heard And joy and peace came in Whilst listening to thy word. Come on, sing it out then. My, my. Bless him. Hallelujah. I know thou art mine. Savior, dear Savior. Sing Thy praise, so let me call Thee mine. I cannot doubt. All oh, blesses Him I know that I. Huh? Come on, sing it out. My, my, mine. mine, mine. I know Thou art mine. Savior, dear Savior, I know Thou art mine. Listen to Puritan Thomas Brooks
0: on the security he finds in Christ. I am holy, that is W-H-O-L-L-Y. I am holy his. I am peculiarly his. I am universally his. I am eternally his. Job lost his health, but he knew he belonged to God job lost his house but he knew he belonged to God job lost his children but he knew he belonged to God job lost his reputation but he knew he belonged to God job lost his position in society but he knew he belonged to God job was forsaken by his neighbors And he knew he still belonged to God. Job lost his friends who came to ridicule him. But Job knew he still belonged to God. His health had failed. But he belonged to God. Job thought he was facing death. But he knew he still belonged to God. Job was suffering as the devil tried to destroy him. But he knew he belonged to God. Job knew he would go to the grave. He knew the very worms would destroy his body. He knew he would see decay. But still Job knew that he still belonged to God. And the low 4,000 years has passed. Job knew that he would stand in the latter day upon the earth in his body because he belonged to God. Do you? Let me finish with this. He writes, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin's worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh, he says, Yet in my flesh shall I see God whom I shall see for myself and mine eyes shall behold and not another. What faith, what great security in a time of instability. In a time when the world's going mad. Do you know what was sent tonight just before it came out? About more draconian laws that are coming. More insecurity for people. Well, preacher, does it annoy you? It annoys me though that they're draconian, yes. (laughs) It annoys me for the things they're coming off with, yes. Does it fear me? No. You know why? Because I belong to God, because I belong to Him. Whom I shall see for myself, he says. Notice he says, I shall see for myself and mine eyes shall behold and not another. See the term not another in the original text, notice it says. For I shall see for myself and mine eye with my own eyes. I shall behold him and not a stranger. Not a stranger. Well, how is he not a stranger, Job, if you've never met him? He says, I know him. I know who I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day, Paul said. He says, I have known him. Job says, I know that my redeemer liveth. David says, I know that the Lord is my shepherd. I know him. He won't be a stranger to me. And even in Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. There's a great crowd at midnight, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. And five wise went out to meet the Lord, the bridegroom. The five were foolish and no oil left, they go to buy oil. It says, and when they come back, those that were wise went into the, the marriage banquet and the doors were shut. Listen to what it says. Matthew 25 and verse 10. And the doors were shut. Verse 11. Afterwards came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Sure God knows everything, doesn't he? Sure God knows everyone, doesn't he? Yes, he, he does. Well, why would he say, I don't know you? I don't know you because the word know here is the word I don't. And it means I've never been, I have never been like a husband is with his wife with you. I have never been in communion with you. I have never known you in that sense, in that fashion, in that manner. I've never known you in close communion, in close fellowship. We have never been one with each other, he says. That's what that means. Of course I know you. But I've never known you in communion. A great security in a time of instability. Brothers and sisters, I'm I know I'm like a broken record. I know I'm like a broken record. But if you can hear this, stop being afraid. Stop being afraid. Stop worrying about what the news is telling you. What social media is saying and who half of it's all lies anyway. Don't be afraid. Is there wickedness? Absolutely. Is there a spiritual world? Absolutely. Is there danger? Absolutely. But start fixing your eyes on Christ. Even if the devil wants to blow your house down. Fix your eyes on Christ. If you were to lose your job, or if you were to lose your wealth, if you were to lose your car, if you were to lose whatever, fix your eyes on Christ. Stop being afraid. It's crippling people, it's crippling you. My great security in a time of instability is the Lord Jesus Christ. My hope is in him. My trust is in him. Can I ask the team to come forward, please?